go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Real quick, these visuals may come out a little blurry today. We had a little bit of technical difficulty. Your, eye, your eyesight is not bad. But that, that's, what, that's what it looks like all the time for me, by the way. You know, I'm like legally blind. All right, guys. 12 verses 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. I thank you so much again for the opportunity to get to serve this past Wednesday. Uh, Father, thank you for giving our church that opportunity. Thank you for the people that stepped up, uh, the servers that were there, the volunteers that were there. Father, not just from this church, but from all over. Uh, it's amazing to watch you work at that football stadium. Uh, Father, I just ask now that the, the 200 that made those decisions, plus more, uh, Father, that you continue to penetrate their hearts. Uh, you continue to guide them. Uh, Father, that they follow up with somebody. Uh, whatever youth pastor or church leader that was there that prayed with them. Father, I just ask that they continue to follow up with these kids. These kids continue to build relationships with them. Because, Father, that's what this is all about. We want to teach people about you. We want to teach people about your son. And, uh, Father, again, I just ask that you continue to stay on the hearts of these kids. This world, it's like what we're talking about today, Father, can distract in so many ways, especially our kids, our teenagers. So, Father, again, I just ask that you hover around them constantly, that the Holy Spirit continues to pour into them. Father, just don't leave them alone. Uh, they'll, they'll turn to you. They already have. just need to keep them on the right track. And Father, today you've given me a sermon that I have been anxious to preach for almost a year. Uh, I thank you for giving me the information on this. Uh, Father, but you also know that if I need to subtract or add anything in this sermon, you just let me know. I will be obedient to what you ask. Father, in this moment, I'm asking that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Father, that you take any doubt, anger, nerves, frustration. Father, that you take all that away from me and you replace it with your boldness, your patience, and most importantly, your love. I ask all this in your name. Help us to love, laugh, and forgive. Amen. Social media. So almost a year ago, God told me I needed to preach on social media. I'm learning with God that when he tells me that, I'm not supposed to share it with the church. I'm supposed to keep that in because I told you all that a year ago. And in the last year, I can't tell how many people walked up to me and said, hey, man, I thought you said you were going to preach on social media. Today's the day, okay? This is going to be a two- to three-week series depending on how much we get in over the next two weeks. I have a feeling it'll go into three weeks. Uh, but one thing I need to point out right off the bat to you guys. I have no doubt that some of the things that I'm going to say over the next couple weeks is going to rub some of you the wrong way. I have no doubt. No doubt. But I also have no doubt that the Holy Spirit is in this room 
and that he will humble each and every one of us, myself included, through this sermon series. I need you to understand I'm not aiming at your feet, I'm aiming at your heart. Amen? Good deal. As a young kid growing up in the late 80s and the early 90s, I remember sitting down in front of the TV on Saturday mornings being schooled by many educational TV shows. Uh, these shows taught me uh, many and many other kids my age how to face the world and to face the world that we lived in that was at the time pretty dang peaceful. Uh, from He-Man teaching us no matter who we were, uh, we all had the power. Uh, we all had the power to accomplish great things. I remember him saying that all the time. Uh, all the way to Zach Morris was saved by the bell telling us just to say no to drugs. We had great inspirations to follow through these Saturday morning TV shows. Who remembers the Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, man? That's what I'm talking about. These younger kids are like, what? Yeah, Captain Crunch, you dang right. I want you to fast forward a few years later into my teen years. I can remember coming home every day from school or football practice, grabbing a snack, sitting down at our family desktop computer. Those are, those are real. Hearing a sound that I will... Exactly, right? And I know it's familiar. And social media was born. Okay, who can forget that? Raise your hands if you know that one, that sound. Raise your hands if you don't know that one. Bunch of, it's all these kids, man. Y'all no clue what's going on. First of all, y'all are like, desktop computer, what is that? And then you go to dial-ups. Yeah, right? Since AOL, that was the AOL dial-up, since then we have been introduced to many different social media platforms, from MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to Pinterest to Instagram to Snapchat and now TikTok. Uh, social media has become a way of life in this era. Everyone in this room, in some capacity, has a relationship with social media. The goal over the next couple of weeks is to find out what your social media relationship is like. Is it a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship? Before I get started, I need everybody to understand, I do believe that if used properly, social media is an amazing tool. It's an amazing tool. I mean, it helps you keep up with friends that you haven't seen in years. It, it helps you keep up with family that's moved away. Uh, it helps you keep up with the news, sports, uh, things of interest that you may have. It can be a great thing. It can even be an encouraging thing where you send Bible scriptures or, or you lift people up that may be going through a, a tough situation. It can be an amazing tool, amazing tool. The problem is, is our world, a lot of people have allowed this tool to turn them into a tool. That's the problem. People have allowed social media to trap them. That's what's happened. It's become a trap. One time there was a lady at her house. She had some friends over, some other ladies, and uh, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I guess bunco day or whatever you want to call it. And they're all sitting around playing, so she sent her husband upstairs, said, don't come downstairs. You know, I got all the ladies over here. A little bit later, she hears him upstairs, and, he, and he's like, he's screaming. I mean, he's screaming like, get out of there. It's a trap. She's like, what is he doing? A little bit later, he starts screaming again. I told him, get out, run. 
It's a trap. So she hollers at him from the stairway and says, what are you watching? He said, oh, nothing. It's just our wedding video. I believe there are seven major social media traps that can cause you to go down the path of major destruction. These traps lead to pride, selfishness, anger, deceit, gossip, corruption, bullying, slander, depression, anxiety, and even divorce and death. Seven traps we're going to go over in the next two to three weeks. If you could pull that up for me. It's the time trap, temptation trap, Secrecy trap, the venting trap, persuasion trap, comparison trap, and false comfort trap. Today we're going to do these top three if we can get through them. If not, we'll do the first two. I need y'all to also get this about, I was talking about how social media is good and everything, like it could be a great thing. Um, Real quick, this just hit me. Um, I have no doubt that if around back in biblical times, Instead of Paul writing all those letters in prison, he would have used social media. Again, it can be a great thing, guys. I need you to understand that. But throughout the next two to three weeks, you're going to understand how it can be and then how it can't be, right? The first trap we're going to go over today is the time trap. Time trap. The average American spends three and a half hours a day on social media. Three and a half hours. That's average. I need you to understand there's some old people that don't spend 15 minutes on it. There's some young people that don't even have it. So that's the average. So if you are a continued customer of social media, it's probably around five hours a day. What really makes this average go up are our teenagers. Teenagers. Nine hours a day, guys is the average for a teenager on social media. Nine hours a day. I can't do anything for nine hours a day. That's ridiculous. Do you know how much time the average American spends in their Bible a day? Care to guess? Close. Three minutes a day. Three and a half hours on social media, three minutes a day in the Bible. Y'all see a problem? (laughs) Amen. Guys, this isn't just a problem with social media. It's a problem with your phone in general. I want everybody to get their cell phones out. I heard you too. Oh, man, really? Oh, oh, oh. what are you going to do to me, Micah? <laughs> he said, I'll give you mine. I honestly was going to bring mine up here and do the same thing, but I want you to do me a favor. I want you to grab your cell phones, and I want you to swipe left. And if you look down, it'll tell you how much time you've spent on your phone just today. Just today. Don't, don't say it out loud, okay? Listen, I, I like to brag on y'all. If you start saying stuff out loud like that, I'm not going to be able to brag on you. That's only for Apple users. <laughs> How much time just this morning, guys? I mean, seriously. It's unbelievable, right? 
All right, Liz, I didn't mean for y'all to get all fired up like this. Calm down. Let me finish the sermon. Goodness gracious. <laughs> all right. My question to you guys by looking at that number is the second question I have for you. How much time did you spend in your Bible this morning? Got quiet real quick, didn't it? <laughs> he said, right now. Right now don't count. I'm, I'm forcing you to do it right now. Instead of stalking others on social media, playing games, taking selfies, or setting your fantasy football lineup, I set mine yesterday. I'm not guilty of that this morning. You could have spent more time with your family, in your Bible, or in prayer. Let's go look at Psalms 119.37. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Now, I do want to say this before I go any further. I need y'all to understand, I do, listen, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I'm not so old that I don't realize that cell phones are a part of this world now, okay? Everybody's got one, I get it. In fact, I can't run my business without one pretty much. I'm just going to be honest with you, I can't. I could, but it'd be like the Stone Ages. Makes it a lot easier, right? Technology makes life a lot easier, okay? There's nothing wrong with that because I need y'all to understand Everything in this world, God has put together. He knew we were going to have this technology. He also knew how corrupted we were going to be with it. My thing to you guys is, is from now on, when you do pick up that phone, I just want you to think about it. How much time have I spent on this today? And how much time have I spent with my family, in my word, and in prayer? Don't forget it. I want that to be conviction to you guys, like a guilt trip. You know what I'm saying? The next time you guys come to me and tell me that you don't have time for your Bible and you tell me you're going through a problem and, you know, you've got all these issues and, Pastor, I need your help, and I look at you and I say, hey, man, you know, when's the last time you got in your word and you tell me you don't have time, that's when I'm going to tell you swipe left on your phone right there in front of you. Before you come to me with a problem, I'm telling you, from now on, I'm going to do that. Before you come to me with a problem, I want to know how much time you spent with your family and in prayer and in your Bible. My man, right on cue. <laughs> this time trap is extremely dangerous, guys. There are only two industries, two, that call their customers users. Social media and illegal drugs. When you can't get off your phone and you're on there nine hours a day, I'm sorry, you're a user. That's what you are. If you can't get away from your phone for five minutes to take care of something, or if you can't get away from your phone to eat supper, if you can't get away from your phone to sit down and visit with your kids, and let me tell you something, I'm preaching to myself, I'm guilty too. You're a user. You're a user. Social media is an addictive drug. It's a major addiction. I literally know a guy, a gentleman that's a good friend of mine, that could quit cocaine, but he couldn't quit being on his phone on an average of five hours a day. But he could quit cocaine. That's how stout this can be, guys. How many times do you pull up at a red light, somebody's on their dang phone and they won't go? I swear, if you're in front of me with that CW sticker, 
You're going to get the horn, and I'm going to call you out on Sunday. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. I know what all of you drive, most of you. You know what really frustrates me more than anything? Y'all, some of these guys, y'all going to know what I'm talking about. Uh, in the gym, you know, I'm walking up. and I'm, I'm, At our gym, we got one leg press machine, one. Gym box, get another leg press machine. So there's one. And I walk over there. This is literally last week. And there's this, this, this kid, this kid, okay? And he's over here, and he's on the leg press machine. And, and first of all, he ain't got enough weight on there. That boy didn't get tougher than that, okay? But anyway, so he's sitting there, and he's on his phone. And I'm like, well, I'll come back. So I go, and I go do something else. I'm gone 15 minutes. I come back, and I look down, and he's on his phone. It's called gym etiquette, okay? It's frustrating, Red lights in the gym, I struggle with that all the time. It really frustrates me. This time trap, if allowed, can really affect the family in a negative way as well. I suggest that you parents set some boundaries in your home. Make a rule about the phone. Make sure that the phone is put up at a certain time. You, you know, me and Amanda were talking about this, this uh, yesterday. Um, again, we're guilty. I need you to understand, I'm preaching to myself. Okay, we're guilty of this too, but most of the time, we do put that cell phone up once I get home from work. In fact, a lot of y'all know that because you text me at, say, 6 or 7 o'clock, and I don't answer until the next morning, and that's why. I need y'all to know that's why. If you send me a text at 7 o'clock and I don't answer back, it's because we put our phones up. We need to all be doing that as parents. Set a rule. Kids, you, so forth. Right now, we've got this little... Uh, Halloween basket in the family room, and that's where we put our cell phones when we get there. Set those boundaries, guys, because here's the problem. The cell phone is taking away from family time, big time. And I'll tell you something else, man. This is a major pet peeve of mine is, is no cell phones at the dinner table. What the heck is wrong with you? How can you eat with a cell phone in your hand? I like to eat. I don't want anything distracting me, you know? Me and Amanda went to Zapata's about a week and a half ago, went on a date with my smoking beautiful wife. I still got it. Anyway, so we go out to eat, and we're sitting there, and we're eating and so forth, and I notice the table across from me. There's a father and a daughter. Daughter's probably 10 to 12 range. We were there for about an hour. They were there probably 45 minutes of that time. He never looked up from his cell phone except when the waitress came over. And the kid had an iPad in her lap the entire time. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I did not see them speak to each other one time in 45 minutes. It's sad, guys. We're raising up these teenagers and these kids in our country, and they're not going to know how to communicate. All heck's going to break loose. I'm just being honest. If we can't go and communicate and fix problems with communication, problems won't get fixed. A text message is not going to fix that. An email is not going to fix that. Social media definitely will not fix that. We've got to teach our kids. And listen, not just our kids, man. There's some of us parents that ain't communicating very well either. We have got to get back to communication in this country and in this world. It's very frustrating. Got to stay away from this social media trap, guys. 
need to remember in Ephesians 5, this is what the Bible tells us to take, take most of your time. Like, let's just read it. Yeah. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of your time, of the time, because the days are evil. Basically what he's telling us right here is you're living in this evil world and, and your time is numbered. That's the thing, guys. We all have one thing in common. Everybody in this room has one thing in common. We all have time. Every one of us. We don't know how much time, you know. We don't know how much time Micah has. We don't know how much time Dustin has, Bojo has, Melissa has. We have no idea how much time they have. You may live to be 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, or 100. You have no idea how much time you have, but I need you to understand you need to make the best use of it. And the best use of it is doing whatever you can to build the kingdom and to grow your family. I want you to think about something, guys. If you died tomorrow, I'm not wishing this on anybody. I claim in the name of Jesus protection over this entire congregation. Just using this as an analogy. Somebody gets, somebody dies tomorrow, okay? And let's say since 2007, since social media has become so big, they've been so focused on that, they have not built relationships in their life. I mean, I want you to really think about this. Probably just going to be family at their funeral because I need you to understand those friends on Facebook and Instagram and all those followers, they're not coming to your funeral. They're not coming. They're not coming. Next trap, temptation trap. How many times have you been scrolling through social media and an ad pops up for something you really want? You'd almost think social media could read your mind. Guess what? It can. Yeah, it's reading your mind. It's creepy, man. Social media is keeping up with everything you do and everything you search. It keeps up with what you're looking at and also how long you're looking at it. Why does social media do this, guys? Money. I had a man tell me one time, he said, Micah, I was asking him about something. I was like, why do they do it this way? Why is this going on? And he looked at me and he said, Micah, when you can't figure out the answer, follow the money. It's pretty sad. That's what our world has come to. I need you to understand, these are multi, multi, multi-trillion, billion-dollar organizations, right? These are the top four social media money makers, okay? Instagram's total net worth is $110 billion. YouTube is $170 billion, TikTok $250 billion, and Facebook is almost $300 billion in net worth. How do they make this money? You know, because you're thinking, well, Micah, I didn't pay anything to be on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that. It's all about advertisers. It's all about businesses. We bought Annabelle, you know, Annabelle's going to be 16 in like two weeks. Terrible. You know, she's just that tall, you know. Annabelle, when we were looking for her a car, I looked a little bit on my computer at work for a car. Amanda looked on her phone. And then it seemed like every time we'd open our phone, a car ad would pop up. Constantly. 
And again, that's what they're doing, guys. They're seeing what you're focusing on, what's your, what's the word I'm looking for? Pleasures are, what you want, and they're forcing it down your throat because they know that if they can get you in a weak moment, they got you. And I'm going to be honest with you. They don't care if you go in debt. They don't care. They don't care, care anything about you. All they care about is making money. That's all they care about. What I need you to catch is social media has the power, and I need you to catch this word, to hack your computer or phone. Follow your activity, track it, and then place it, placing all your desires in front of them. Social media takes advantage of the vulnerability in human psychology. Y'all are like, man, that's some big words. That's right. Y'all didn't know I could, y'all didn't know I knew all that. No, I have it written down. Yes. Notice I said the word hack, guys. The ex-president of Facebook was a former hacker. The ex-president was a former hacker. He did a lot of illegal stuff. Here's what social media has done. They can hack in your phone and in your computer and everything like they used to do, which used to be illegal, but now it's legal. It's legal now. That's what they're doing. This ex-president walked away because he saw the problems that were coming. Because it's motivating people in the wrong way. Where the temptation trap can get you the worst is if you allow it to. It will make you focus more on what you want instead of what you need. Let's look at Colossians 3.2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now, I'm sitting here talking about all this, and you're thinking, Micah, you know, this temptation trap and, and spending money and all that. Well, we all do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But what, this is what I need you to understand. What social media can do is it can turn you into an idolater. You start worshiping idols. You start wanting those things so bad that you're going to go after it. And instead of you picking up your Bible and reading it, you're now shopping, doing this right here. It can turn you into that. Now, of these traps, this is one of the ones that I feel, I'm going to make some people really mad. Um, okay, let me put it this way then. I don't really have a problem with this, okay, because I, I just don't spend money. I'm broke. I ain't got no money. I try to be tight because I got a daughter. I just bought a car for, and we got three, three daughters, so I got three weddings. I got three colleges. I got three cars. I got all this stuff coming up, but, 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 but my wife, she kind of struggles with this temptation, you know. I mean, I get Amazon boxes every day. Every day. Here's the thing, guys. I need you to understand. It can become a problem. It can. I want to say this, and I mean this with all seriousness. I know I'm up here kidding around right now, but this is serious. How many marriages have you seen that have fallen apart because of finances? Many marriages have you seen that they've gone bankrupt, lost their home? And you think back of all the times social media put this stuff in front of you, things you didn't really need. It was just something you wanted. 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's pride. Set your minds on the things that are above. It's more important. The last trap, we got time, the secrecy trap. A large percentage of all unfaithful relationships, married or unmarried, from young teen love all the way to seasoned married couples, start on a social media platform. Twenty-five percent of all divorces in the United States are a result of an online relationship from a social media platform. One out of four. One out of four. One way this occurs is through secret hidden accounts. I didn't even know about this. Did you know one billion secret accounts are created each month on Facebook? One billion. Who has got time to sit down and do that? As Christian couples, we need to be holding each other accountable. You should allow your spouse access to your social media accounts at any time. Give each other your passwords. I'm getting some laughter. One out of three couples in the United States do not give their partner their passwords to their social media accounts. One out of three. That would mean in this room which it's not even, but let's just say these, these aisles are even, right? These, that would mean that one full section in this room would not, would not, willingly would not, would not give their password to their spouse. There's only one reason, guys, for that. Trying to hide something. Let's look at Luke 12, 2. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Over 50% of the couples from the divorces that we talk about that have been caused through social media said that they would have been much less likely to cheat if they would have allowed their spouse access to their social media page. It's a temptation. It's a major temptation. I have a suggestion on how we could help with this and and maybe stop some of this issue. Uh, I know there's some couples that have joint social media accounts. I highly recommend that. I do. Highly recommend that. Do it together as a couple. If you don't, you make sure that the spouse can get on your social media page at any point in time and has your password. Guys, trust is so important in a relationship. Trust, guys, I need you to get this, and some of y'all heard me say this before. It's easier to love somebody than trust somebody. So important in a relationship. I want to look at Matthew 19, 5 through 6. 
Sorry, it's a little blurry, so I'm going to read it to you. This is Jesus speaking. This, expl- this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. Guys, social media is man-made. Do not let something that man has made tear your family and your relationship with your spouse apart. Be on guard 24-7. And the way that you do that is you share. You share. You give the information. You give the passwords. You allow each other to hold each other accountable. We went back. I want to go back real quick on the verse that I just talked about in Luke 2. Uh, 12 to bring that back up for me, Dustin. I'm sorry, I'm going a little off track, but I got something God just gave me. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Okay, uh, Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua was a great warrior. He's my favorite person in the Old Testament. That's my boy. He was a little crazy too, but I love, I love my boy Joshua. But Joshua went into Jericho. This is when they marched around the city seven times, all that kind of stuff. Walls fell down, and they went in and they destroyed it, right? The only, you know, the, the, the only thing that didn't get destroyed the only thing, there was a guy named Achan. Achan goes in. He finds some really pretty robes, finds some gold, finds some silver. He hides it. He takes it back to his camp. Nobody saw it. Nobody. All of a sudden, things started happening to Joshua and his armies and his crew and and everybody. It was just all this negative tension. They lost a battle. Things were looking south for them. So Joshua prays to God. What is going on? You promised us this. You said if we follow your direction that we'll get to the problem, we'll get where you want us to be. Like, and we go through that all the time, right? Like, we'll sit there, we're thinking, okay, God, we're staying on track with you. I'm staying on your path. I don't understand why are the things you promised me not happening. Joshua had no clue that Achan took that stuff until God told him. It's pretty sad what happened to Achan, and I need y'all to understand our God is a very just God. So he takes, because what he told them was, was to destroy everything in Jericho. Everything. Every man, woman, child, animal, gold, silver, clothes, didn't matter what it was, destroy it all. Because this is bad juju. I don't want that with you guys, okay? That's what God's telling them. But Achan steals this stuff and he takes it, so he breaks the rule of what God put out in front of him. So then all of a sudden, again, the armies, all this stuff starts happening to the Israelites. And then what God does when Joshua, he tells Joshua, and then he tells Joshua to do this. Go get the stuff he took, destroy it. Destroy him and destroy his family. This secrecy trap, ladies and gentlemen, don't get trapped in it. Don't let social media destroy your family and you. And I need you to understand it could even destroy a church. I need you to grab that. Don't be aching. 
I'll end with this. These secrecy, uh, or excuse me, these secret accounts that we were talking about earlier, this one billion in a month and all that kind of stuff, they're not just created by adults. One out of every five are created by teenagers. Got some teenagers trembling right now, man. They have these secret accounts, and of course the reason why, I mean obviously they want to hide what they're doing, what they're looking at, and who they're hanging out with. Parents, you need to be looking at your kids' phones weekly, if not daily. And kids, what I need you to understand is don't get mad at them. They're protecting you. You don't understand the world the way that your parents understand the world. This world is cruel. It's evil. And if they have the opportunity, they're going to try and destroy you. And as teenagers... That's something that's going to be really hard to come back from. Really, really hard. Parents, be checking your kids' phones. Check their social medias. Same thing. Get their passwords. You'd be looking at those things constantly. Um, and again, kids, I, I need you to understand. We do that for protection. Our number one job for you, besides helping you reach salvation, amen, is to protect you. I tell my kids all the time, when I say no, I'm not being a jerk. Anytime I say no, it's to protect you. Every single time. We've got to be watching our kiddos, y'all. Because here's what I need you to understand. This whole secrecy thing where one-fourth of, of, of marriages are ending in divorce because of social media, if we don't take care of this now, that number's going to go up up and up. And where does Satan want to attack more than anywhere? In the home. He's a divider. That's what he does. Parents, it's time that we start teaching kids what a true marriage is like. How to lead the home. How to lead a community. And I will say this. This church is doing an amazing job. I commend you guys. But if you're not, Let's get on track.